We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Banks This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, February 19th, post-All-Star Game. We should have done it during All-Star Game. It would have been more (laughs) entertaining than watching the Boston Celtics guys play one-on-one. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy, J.D. Silva, with me. Fellas. We got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And Taylor Peterson. Just trying to figure out what uh, what Shay did to Joe Mozzarella. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick is not with us because he is in Salt Lake City, uh, probably asking Joe Mozzarella that exact same question <laughs> right now. So uh, shout out to Nick. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed his all-star coverage this weekend. Dude was living the dream, it seemed. Had, had his shirt off during the Post Malone concert. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> White Iverson. <laughs> so feels like obligatory. We like gotta talk about the gotta. all-star game. You have to. Gotta. Let's Do so we... let's get the boring part out of the way first. Let's talk about tonight's yeah. all-star game. Uh a game that was incredibly um what's the word I'm looking for? Unentertaining. Uh boring. Boring, stale. unengaging, stale. Shea Gilgis Alexander plays a total of 10 minutes. The only player on his team that played Yuck. less minutes than him was Giannis Antetokounmpo, who played 20 seconds. Garbage. And Drew Holiday, who played nine minutes. When you go to the other side, the other team. Uh, hey, Shea played more than De'Aaron Fox, I guess. We hey, got that. And Jaron Jackson Jr., who shouldn't have been there in the first place. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it... It tracks for a first-time All-Star, but it's still annoying. I think that, especially because he was out there, he was facilitating. He was he yeah. was carving guys up. He was setting yeah. guys up. He was throwing lobs to Pascal Siakam, future Thunder. Pascal hey, that Siakam, Pascal Siakam, <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander connection. It's real. It's real. But uh, I can't help but think that uh, Joe Mazzula is just pissed that the Thunder dropped 150 on his head and he wanted to take it out on Shea. That's yeah, my and then guess. Joe Mazzula also not playing either of the Bucks, his prime competition in the East. Yeah. I think we've got Hater. some collusion going on. Haterade. It is weird. It, it Honestly, I was a little worried at first. Like, is Shea a little banged up? And like, you know, yeah. they, they, <laughs> they want him rusting and not pushing it too far. I agree. It was just a weird, I don't know, weird how it all played out. And and then you see Tatum obviously get the most minutes of anyone. Now I get it. When a player like that is playing that well later into the All-Star game, you keep them in so that way they can make that MVP push. But eh, totally. it, was, it was a little biased. There's some Especially, insider trading going yeah, on. Yeah, and you have the whole like Celtics one-on-one going on, which was really, honestly was a highlight of the game fun. because nothing else happened. Yeah. But, like, Did mm. you see Shea during that? 
He didn't even just, watch. He was just standing over there with his hands on his hips looking up into the crowd. Like, why the hell am I not on a beach right now? Why did I waste my time? Yeah. <laughs> Shea could have been anywhere in the world. And he had to show up to Salt Lake City, which looks beautiful. True. It does. And just sit around and watch the Boston Celtics guys play one-on-one. Like, that's some bullshit, man. <laughs> that was, it, it was weird. Really weird. Um, I will say, the All-Star game is always a, a nice reminder of how much the Elam ending rules. Because... It does. It's Except tonight it was bad True. because one team needed 24 and the other team needed six. But they still cut it to six. Like True. it was True. still more exciting than if it was a normal game and one team's just up by 20 points and nothing happens. Like it's still, it still adds a little spice to it. You, hey, you want to make it the NBA like the regular NBA? Yeah, I, I think it could. Uh, my thought, my first thought would be do it for that weird mid-season tournament they're talking about. It's a great idea. I think they'll do it in the G League first as well. Yeah. yeah. True. Like the one free throw rule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I I don't know. I don't see the NBA ever changing that. I am a proponent of let's make the All-Star game similar to the Rising Stars challenge. Four like teams. You know, uh uh two game like playoff series type of thing. Um, I mean, you could even make it best two out of three with like team A and team B versus team C and team D or whatever. And it's target score of 40. I mean, I thought Friday night was way more engaging than the all-star game was. Yeah. I think the rising stars format was really fun. I I'd be down for the all-star game. Plus you could get twice as much of the live draft antics, which I will say was probably one of the highlights of tonight. The live draft was fantastic. Better than the game. From Giannis trying to draft Jaw when he was not allowed to, to <laughs> LeBron calling Luka Hookah. Um, LeBron saving Kyrie Irving, throwing him a, <laughs> yes. throwing him a lifesaver. Chuck and uh, Shaq Just trying to fight each other randomly <laughs> on the audio. <laughs> It was all uh, Jokic refusing to be picked last <laughs> over Laurie Markinen. <laughs> yes. Had okay. drunk Chuck, speaking of Chuck. Drunk Chuck. Yeah. Yes. Happy let's, birthday to him. Let's transition over to Friday night, which we've already said much more enjoyable. Uh, Matt McClung, a.k.a. Mac McClung. Uh, oh, my. say that. He Tiny was, Cody Zeller. Dunk contest was awesome. <laughs> uh, skills challenge Martin's. was boring. <laughs> But Friday night, I actually thought was really fun. We got to watch Josh Giddy mic'd up while hooping, which was a blast. J-Dub, not the best of showings, but it's an all-star style game, so it doesn't really matter. I thought Josh was awesome. I also loved how much hype he was getting, like between the the broadcast and then like micing him up during the game, kind of like Luca got the, that treatment, you know, uh, tonight in the all-star game. There was a lot of hype around Giddy, which is really cool to see. He kind of like was, I don't know, one of the most prominent uh, rising stars, I think, of the weekend, which was really cool. Stock up Josh Giddy. Stock down. Anybody? Jabari Smith Jr.? Oh, there and it is. I don't know if the stock can get much lower when it's at Yikes, rock bottom. Buddy. Buddy had I a mean, rough weekend. <laughs> Jabari Smith Jr.'s stock. stock is like bad for him. Black Sunday 1929. It's Great Depression bad. Hey, I think he's depressed. I mean, ugh. he's not happy. <laughs> no, I people, wouldn't be. People talked up. People talked up. Especially Taylor talked up the Giddy to Mobley connection. Justin talked up the Giddy to Mobley connection. We had the debate in the in the podcast Slack the next day. I mean, does Chet have a higher ceiling than Evan Mobley? Hypothetical? Yes. <laughs> I think I'm the offense, the I'm offensive bag is so much deeper. Yes. Yeah, it is. Mobley's in a great spot right now, just to stay in his limited role that he excels at. See, I almost went, and he is. He is in a very good spot. I don't want to say it's not a good spot, but in terms of like development, if he could have gone to like an OKC or somewhere, I think yeah. we're thinking and talking about Mobley very differently. Hundred percent. Um, he doesn't get to try to take on, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's in a, a, which is fine. He's still in a great program and a great system um, around really great players. He's playing a, a great role for a, a, and more than that, on a, a really good championship caliber team. But <laughs> I still wonder if we're thinking about him d- differently, uh, seeing him on a more like prom- with a more prominent role on a, a rebuilding team or an up and coming team. 
I still think Mobley has the highest upside just because I'm really, really high on Mobley, especially defensively. That versatility, the the shot, the the rim protection. I don't know. It, it's tough, but I don't think we've seen all of us being said. I don't think we've seen uh, Mobley really kind of tap into offensive back. It's tough to pick against Mobley at this point because we've seen him actually do it against NBA competition and we haven't with Chet. So that's where it's all hypothetical at this point. But really, my dreams. The the whole debate is moot because all that mattered to me was seeing Giddy with a roll thread. Yes. Something he's never had and something that he will finally have next season when Chet comes back. And that made me super excited. Very true. And um, to be clear, still extremely high on Chet extremely high like jacob said i think there is more way more offensive versatility so there's a world where you know tomato 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 <laughs> kind of pick your poison when it comes to those two when we see them kind of develop over the next couple of seasons that's fair totally fair i'm taking a good point or a good question here are you guys worried about having too many expectations of chet and that having an effect on his performance he will still only be a rookie next year after all i don't think our expectations will impact his performance I almost feel like the team it doesn't like, listen to our podcast. <laughs> I almost feel like yeah, the right. team overperforming this year kind of lowers hmm. the pressure on him next year. He said it himself. I don't have to come in and be a superstar. I just gotta yeah. come in and help make this team five points better. See, I I think I disagree, Silva. I think this year's success makes the expectations next year so much higher externally. I don't think anything yeah. changes internally in the yeah. organization. I think the fans are going to be chomping at the bit. And if OKC doesn't come out right. and like rip off media. <laughs> 10 of the first 15 games as wins next year, like people are going to be pissed. I mean, that's kind of what we refer to when we say the season's all gravy. Like next season's going to be a mm-hmm. ton of fun also. Mm-hmm. But there's ex- there starts to become the word some go, expectations. Thunder fans are looking for wins Yep, next year. Yeah, I mean... The tanking Chet, era is over. Chet you know, loves the smoke. I don't think I don't think that does. bothers him back down one down. bit. And the idea that like he's still a, a rookie next year, he's gonna have ups and downs. Totally agree. But when you look back at recent history, rookies who missed their rookie year and then came out in year two have tended to perform way over rookie standards. Blake Good Griffin, point. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, like the ceiling is very, very high. I think he's going to come out and kill it. It'll be just buff as hell. Just <laughs> 20 pounds heavier. Can you imagine? Smashing steaks like Steve. They're going to be, I mean, we've said it so many times, but this team fundamentally is going to change with him on the court. Big time. Like it's February 19th. We're not going to see Chet play with this team until mid-October. We got eight months to go. But I'm telling you right now, I think next season they're like in contention for home court advantage in the West Western Conference and like a top five defense in the NBA. Somebody pin that clip right now. <laughs> I mean, Phil, we're coming Dude, back to that. They're one. 11th in defense this year, and they've played Kenrich freaking Williams at center. I'm not necessarily disagreeing. They're, I'm just saying let's circle back to that one. <laughs> I think they are next year they will be what cleveland is this year Ooh. i feel this pretty strongly year, about this that. year or like yeah like cleveland was last year third fourth seed so i feel pretty confident so this is getting hotter by the side so i feel really fun. confident <laughs> even in the west i feel like the west yeah. got tougher i mean the sun's got better this year yeah i mean chris paul's about done dude true don't even mention the name lakers to me <laughs> not even with Kyrie. Easy. No, no, send Kyrie out there. It'd make it even Kyrie. better. <laughs> I mean, Portland is these two teams played Portland and OKC what a week and a half ago. Two completely opposite directions. Totally. They're passing each other, but one is going down really fast. The other is flying the other in the opposite direction. Bye bye. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you told me that we are prepping for uh, a four-five matchup in the playoffs next season, where the Thunder is the four seed, and the starting Memphis. lineup of Shea, Dub, Giddy, Poku, Chet is like a plus seven per hundred possessions, and they're they're favored over the Los Angeles Clippers, 
in the seven game series, like I, I'd be like, yeah, this is kind of what I expected. Jacob's writing fanfic erotica live on the podcast. It I, is <laughs> just where I'm at, man. Chet's mm-hmm. fourth in the in the MVP straw poll. Shea's won five straight Player of the Month. Chet Chet's going to be Walker Kessler. You, you you ready for a little bit more next year? Chet is going to be seventeen eight. Oh, three and three, rookie of the year. Yeah, that our Wimby's <laughs> going to be like twenty four, like you know, seventeen eight. points, eight rebounds, three assists, three blocks a game. So basically, Jacob, put it put it on tape right now. Is Chet winning Rookie of the Year over Wimby? Oh, that's a difficult one. Do it. <laughs> what if Wimby goes to you Charlotte think- or Houston? You just got to think about that. Does that help or hurt his cause? Oh, or OKC. Yes. They're both in OKC. Who wins Rookie of the Year? <laughs> go, go rookies. <laughs> um, writing so basically, <laughs> Chet getting healthy for OKC next season is the equivalent of the Who's cash trade for Jacob? Donovan Mitchell. Who's it gonna be? Say it. Give me Chet. There oh it is. God. I think he I got a preseason bet ready it. to go. He All right. It. Let's stop the fanfic. Although it's been pretty fun. Maybe I should <laughs> yeah. get into this. Who needs Wimby? <laughs> Who was it that tweeted? Someone said uh there was a tweet out there that said, um, men don't enjoy fanfic. And someone quoted it and said, Yeah, we do. They're called mock drafts. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right, gentlemen. All-star game stuff aside, we are entering the stretch run. People call it the second half of the season. It's not the second half. We got 25 games left for the OKC Thunder, which is more than most of the rest of the league. 25 games left to see where this season ends. So I have five burning questions. Is it five? Is it less than five? One, two, three, four. It's kind of like five. Five-ish. It's going to be all over the place. I'm going to pose one of you guys the burning question. I want you to give us your answer. And then we can debate a little bit before we move on to question two. But whoever I give the question to, you have uh, first rights at kind of staking your claim on on what you believe is going to happen. Justin, you've got question number one, which is, what will Poku's involvement and minutes look like upon his return? Now, for context, I don't think Poku will be back like this week. I will say, like, maybe he's back by March 1st. Maybe he's back in the next week and a half, two weeks. Before he went out, he was kind of solidified as the starting center of this team. Uh, they would rotate uh, having him at center and JRE. Uh, but Poku kind of found a home in that starting lineup. Lots has changed since then. So what does the rest of the season look like for Poku and his minutes? I am all in on continuing to invest in the Poku experiment. I think he's going to ease back into it, obviously, as you would expect, missing some time from injury. So I'm not saying he's coming back and starting right away. I'm not saying he's coming back and playing 20, 25 minutes right away. But I think overall, over the course of these last few games, I think you're going to see him trending towards 18 minutes a game. I think he'll start some games. I don't know that he'll start all of them because of exactly what you just said, Jacob, of a lot has changed since he went out. I think if JRE kind of gets worked back into the lineup, he's going to get some starting options. I think Jay will is going to continue to get starting chances. Um, Maybe Sarich gets some starting chances too, but I, I absolutely think Poku will get in that rotation. I don't think it'll be his kind of like designated spot like it was before but I I do expect him to get significant minutes and significant priority in this offense to end the year because I think it's important, especially with Chet coming back next year, to make sure that if he's healthy, he's getting as much experience as they can this season. I agree with that completely, but the thing I worry about is when does Poku come back? Because I remember when this injury happened, there was just like a little bit of talk like, Looking at this injury in the past, you know, playing basically Twitter doctor, uh, like it could be a little while after the all-star break. Yep. And now, like I think Mark's most recent comments, uh, it was either the Houston game or the game before that, right there before the all-star break is no update on Poku. Yep. Now, hopefully he's taking care of his body, get some rest uh, over the all-star break, and, and he's closer than we think. That's a little concerning. I mean, he was on a scooter not too long ago. Thankfully, he's off that now. But it just makes me wonder, like, do we not see Poku until another I mean, another month. And if so, then does that affect how his 
his uh, projection or his his time looks like when he comes back with the Thunder, or does that even de- like does it depend on where the Thunder are at if they're still pushing for that play in playoff spot? Do we see a lot of Poku and vice versa if we're seeing more Usman Jang minutes uh, towards that that part of the season? Maybe we see more Poku. Silva, some fans would make the argument that this team really turned it to another gear and started winning games once Poku left the lineup. Is there like, is there something there, or is this one of those instances where correlation does not equal causation? Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a Ewing theory situation with Poku here. Uh, I just think the, t- the team was getting ready to, to turn the corner around that time anyway, with players like Giddy and Jadub. We we forget Giddy start didn't start off the season very strong. He picked up around that same time. Jada picked up around that same time. Um, SJ was already doing great, obviously, but Kenrich kind of started to play better. We didn't see normal Kenrich for a while. I don't think Poku breaking his leg is the reason why the team turned a corner. Uh, and I think he can contribute when he comes back. Hopefully he, we do see him soon and not in like late, late March or something. But we'll see. Any other Poku thoughts for burning question number one? I just miss him. <laughs> Same. You know? We haven't talked about the nectar in a long time. Yeah, I think people forget kind of like how well he was playing. So good. And when you, when when it's been gone for a while now, and you look back at some of those clips and some of those games, and and you think back to how he plays, he really fits what they want to do offensively. Like really, really fits what they want to do offensively. This idea of, you know, the ball not sticking like, Poku got really good this season at it's either catch and shoot, catch and drive, or catch and pass. There is no downtime with the basketball. It's really something is that. happening. Really like seeing that in the high post this season. We saw him being used, like you said, Jacob, in that center position more. They'd flash him up to the high post, use that to swing the ball, keep the ball moving. Yeah, he's such tops. a good passer. He's he's exactly what they want this offense to do. Um, and so wouldn't surprise me at all to see him reinserted and them really try to, to get the ball rolling with him once more. Um, I think that's in the best long-term interest of the team. Silva, you get burning question number two. Will the Thunder prioritize young players at the expense of wins for the rest of the season? I think that's a tough question. I think they will prioritize their young players and their development but I don't necessarily think it will come at the expense of wins at the same time. I think their young players are just kind of ready. A lot of a lot of them are like we didn't. I know I did not think Jay will could come in and have an impact this season, but he's proven me wrong. I'm going to lose that bet with Taylor and have to embarrass myself publicly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Isaiah Joe out of nowhere making an impact. Jada making an impact. I don't know who you could really give a ton of minutes to that would negatively impact them. Maybe Oos, maybe Usman, him. and honestly, I hate to say yeah. this, but Trey Man. You're right. Oh. I didn't want to say it, but you're right. Um, <laughs> he would be the guy, and you kind of want to keep giving him minutes. One for confidence reasons, just let him figure it out. That's why they keep sending him to the G League. Um, yeah, Oos and Trey Man might be the only two that I would say could could impact that. But and if like, it's, to your, if it's like we're not giving minutes to Sarich, I'm fine with that. Yeah, if we're gonna no, see those guys, I agree. I almost what you said originally, Silva, is exactly what I was thinking in my head. I was going to respond with, I still think like to the Usman and Trey points, they're still going to get minutes as they should, and you can still play them with within the offense. Uh, that's not saying don't play them at all. Like if we see Usman and Trey, oh, the Thunder are tanking. No, we're talking about like Usman getting significant minutes down the stretch, or Trey Man running the second unit by himself, uh, or alongside like somebody you know, like no giddy. No Shay alongside him. Those are the things that we've seen over the past couple of seasons when they've kind of pivoted here at this latter part of the season. I don't think we're going to see anything like that. We will still see Trey. We will still still see Us. And to your point, Silva, maybe we see more Usman minutes than like Dario Sarge minutes, where if they were truly gunning for the playoffs, we would see more Sarge minutes. But something that small isn't going to have that significant of an impact. Like I don't think they're going to not throw Shay in until like, you know four minutes in the fourth quarter compared to what they've been, been doing the, the past opposite. couple games. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bringing them back in much sooner. So I, I think I'm right there with you. Justin, whenever I look at this, I think they're going to play young guys, right? Like 
Shit, the whole team is young guys. The, how, you just took the words out of my mouth. You know, the whole team is young guys. <laughs> Dario Sarge is my age, and he's the oldest player on the team. Hey, uh-huh. Justin, oh, I take God. offense to that. Uh-huh. All right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> hey, grandpas. When past your bedtime. <laughs> when I look at this, Justin, my thought more is they're going to play guys that help them win, but are they playing guys that are struggling and like still learning to play? And even when you insert them, they're not having the best game and they're making mistakes that most of the time would get you benched. Do they get benched in those instances? Is there a lack of a better term? Is there a shorter leash? And so Justin, I want to add on to this question for you. Usman Jang averages 15 minutes a game in the 19 games he's played. Trey Mann averages 18.4 minutes per game in the games that he's played. For the next fifth, 25, not 15, for the next 25, do those minute averages go up, go down, or stay the same? That's a good one. That is a good one. That's way more nuanced than I was hoping to answer. <laughs> um, I think they go up slightly. Wow. I think that this team is not everything you guys just said. This team's not positioned at the moment to have any kind of like long-term tanking spree where they are, you know, starting Oos and Trey and playing him 30 minutes a night. But I think this team will continue to provide opportunities. I think Oos's minutes are definitely going to go up as he works back from injury. I think he's going to get an increased opportunity because I feel like he hasn't really gotten that this season. I think the opportunity will exist in the last 25 games. Trey's a little more iffy for me because of what you just said. If you're out there, you're making mistakes, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, Diggs isn't going to play you, and we've seen that all season. It's not about not wanting to develop the young guys. It's about, uh, to to pull back a Dagnall quote, eating your broccoli. Like, if you're not doing the thing you're supposed to do, you're not going to play. If Trey can play the right way and do what he's expected to do and fit within his role, he'll get minutes. It may be sporadic, but if you do it the right way, you'll get those minutes. I think the opportunity is there for all those guys. It's just a matter of if you can execute. And I think that Dagnalt has shown no bias to anybody on the team that that's how you get minutes. And so the the question is not about, you know, are they forcing, like force feeding you youth development down the stretch? I think it's everybody on this team is young. Can you earn a shot? to get those developmental minutes. And if so, you're going to get them regardless of where the thunder are in the standings. I think that opportunity will be there. Interesting. I like it. My money is on both of their minutes per game. Go down just for what it's worth. Trey. I I mean, yeah. Trey choose hope. Jacob Trey handles the ball and shoots threes. Like they have guys that are doing that at a much better rate than he is. Uh, Oos, I think he's going to play G League minutes until the G League's no longer running, and then he'll play some OKC minutes. Uh, I have high hopes for Oos, but I don't know. I just I think they're going to try to find a balance of developing those guys, getting them court time, but prioritizing winning basketball games. And so I think their minutes are going to go down. Just my personal opinion. Uh, next one. Taylor, burning question number three. How does the bigs rotation shake out the rest of the season? When we say bigs, we are referring to Jalen Williams, J. Will, J.R.E., Sarich, uh, playing small ball with Kenrich at the five, uh, putting Poku back in. We've already talked to him about him a little bit at the five. Like it's been a long time since this team has had like an adequate center. And now they're going to have an influx of adequate centers plus playing their small ball lineup. Do all these guys continue to get minutes? Who starts to get squeezed? What does that look like moving forward? This is maybe the hardest of all the questions. When I was going through this, I quickly, while you guys were answering the last uh, last question, I pulled up just like I did the last 10 games uh, to see which lineup, five-man lineups for OKC got most minutes. The number one lineup with most minutes is uh, Shea, Dort, Giddy, both J-Dub, J-Will at 29 minutes. Right behind them is one with Mike Pascal, so I'll throw that out. Tied with that one is uh, 
all three Williams, Giddy and Shay at 28 minutes. Shay, uh, Kenny, Lou, get so the small ball lineup, basically. Um, I'm going to say, especially with the, I'm kind of with Silva, the way Jay Will, Arkansas Jay Will has been playing, I think we see a lot of minutes for him, especially because the Thunder, they, I mean, they didn't draft him super high necessarily, but they're very invested in, in him. Um, he's been playing really well. He's he's really kind of starting to find a role within the team. Uh, we're seeing him being able to stretch the floor, also be a little bit more of a connector. The defensive concerns are still there for me uh, on the defensive side with how he fits with the way this team likes to switch and use their versatility, or sorry, sometimes not switch, but use their versatility. Um, all that being said, I still think I'm going to go the J. Will lineup. So the starting four with J. Will first. Next, I'm going to say small ball because I think at the end of the day, this team does want to win games. Uh, if, if they put themselves in the position to win that basketball game, they're going to do everything they can to win. And so because of that, I think we'll see small ball next. JRE's the third one for me. He'll get playing time just because he's JRE. He does the right things. But I'd be surprised. I, I kind of think Jay Will has taken over for him in that regard uh, when it comes to some of these lineups, like you know starting, for example. And then after that, probably... I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll say Poku just because we don't really know when he's going to come back for the previous segment. And then I'll, I'll finish with Sarge. I think we will see some Sarge, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sarge gets some DMPs down the stretch. Interesting. Silva, let me add on to it for you as well. Sarge, J. Will, Poku, JRE, and then Kenrich at the five. Okay? You got uh-huh. those five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming health is not a problem and they're all healthy and ready to go. These last 25 games, we look at total minutes played. Whenever we're entering the play-in or the playoff or simming tankathon 100 times a day. Mm -hmm. Give me the order from most minutes to least minutes total over these last 25 games. Again, that's Uh J-Will, J-R-E, Poku, Sharich, and small ball with Kenny at the five. I mean, just play those five together and probably get a shot at Wimby. <laughs> oh, man. So I have to take into account when I think Poku is going to come back. Well, let, let's just let's assume that Poku is healthy and good to go okay. like, on, on Thursday. He's not going to be, but let's just assume. Yeah. How do you think the, the minutes will shake out? Who do they trust the most? Who, who gets most of those minutes, plays the best, et cetera? I kind of think... Poku would get the most minutes out of that group. Interesting. Um, I've I've had a real like contradiction with how how I don't know how to feel about the J Will JRE thing. Like how do how do I compare those guys? What are the ups and downs of those two players? Right now, it kind of feels like I'm I would go Poku, probably Kenrich. And then J Will and then JRE. Is there another? And then Sarge at the end. And then Sarge at the end. But I think the J Will, JRE, Kenrich are all going to be very, very similar. And Poke is going to be ahead by just a bit. Interesting. So it's going everyone's going to be grouped together. The Poku minutes will be slightly yeah. increased. I don't know. Like if if J Will ends up being reliable, how do, how does that make you all feel about JRE? Like, would you want both of those guys on the team for? The I've been ball? wondering that. Do at the end of the day, do one of those guys become a casualty of roster crunch? They're kind of similar. Be- I think I think Jay Will is definitely the better passer. Yeah. JRE is the better shooter just because the volume we've seen. JRE shooting well, but it's like 40 attempts total. You know, Jay Will. But yes, yeah. Yeah, sorry. J Jay Will's um uh sample size just so small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think JRE is a much better defender as far as switching and hedging, uh, much more agile. J Will can only play drop, and we saw them get freaking cooked in two straight games Warriors. against the Warriors because he plays drop. But J Will draws more charges. Um, I mean, that's a weird thing to say, but it, it has been pretty significant for this team. He's got like 26 or 27 on the season. It's kind of absurd. There's pros and cons to both of them, but do you guys feel like at the end of the day, three years from now, only one of them survives? Yes. 
Oh, absolutely. Because think about it. I mean, we keep talking about it, but it's not like this is just the core, you know, moving forward. There's a plethora of draft picks on the horizon starting next season with a first round pick and a very, very deep and talented 2023 NBA draft class. Churn is inevitable in the NBA period, but especially on a team that's in the phase the Thunder are in right now. I think it's it's feasible that in three years, maybe neither of those guys are on this team. Um, but I think definitely one is within within a very real realm of possibility. I think between the two, J-Will gets a nod if for no other reason than he's younger. Yeah. And this team loves having that kind of ownership of contract and they would have to renegotiate with JRE before they'd have to renegotiate with J-Will. And I think that that's gives fair. Jay will an edge. Um, I think if I if I was doing the exercise Silva was doing, I think I I give a nod to JRE in minutes because I think that the sample size has been so small on Jay will that I think JRE has a little bit more trust built in long term. Jay will's been balling, but it's a small stretch. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very small stretch. Um, I I would not be surprised at all to see JRE and kind of come back and take a, a larger chunk of those minutes. I think that's totally fair. Kind of adding on to the J will versus JRE who survives and who gets cut type of thing. They really don't have an impending like roster crunch. Cause this season, they probably I think this summer we all assume Sharich just walks. Yep. They bring in their yeah. first round pick. Maybe they consolidate some of those seconds and, uh, and, and put that guy in a two way or something. Yep. Right. Put him in the G league. But the summer after that, they got four firsts. I don't think they're bringing in four rookies. But let's just say Sharich is gone, and they have to get rid of two more guys this summer. And it has to be something like last summer where you've either got to cut them or trade them or something. We talked for a long time, and we were all pretty right on who was at the bottom of the chopping block, right? Who's at the bottom of the chopping block now? Because whenever you chop off the bottom of the block, you got a new bottom. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> who so but who who is now the low man on the totem pole? There's one name that really jumps out and we've already talked about him. It's Trey Man. He just has a lot of skills that can be He doesn't have a lot of skills that really like jump off the page. Yeah, he kind of comes in to be like a microwave scorer, but he's not giving you much on the defensive end whereas a lot of the other guys like even Isaiah Joe at least has more length than Trey Man. So if he's not if he's not cooking on offense, he can at least guard uh, better. I think. Um, a, and Trey has had Trey's also a first issues. round pick, though. I mean, they he is mm-hmm. he is. I, I don't know. I, is, I, is, is, is Wiggins Omarui? definitely right. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's a given. That one doesn't even count, really. Okay, fine. You asked for the bottom, <laughs> and I told you. Like, is who's farther down? Is it Trey Mann or is it Wiggins? I love Wiggins. I love Wiggins. It's it's really hard. It's like ah, consistency versus tough. upside. Yeah, you know? totally. Trey mm-hmm. Mann's ceiling is higher, but Wiggins is giving it to you. Like he's done everything you've asked of him. Mm-hmm. But his long term ceiling, I don't know. Trey value, wing, you know. I don't know. Yep, might be Trey Mann in both of those categories. That's interesting. Stuff. That's not it's one of the burning tough. questions. I think it's just fascinating discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, you got the next question. And this one is kind of, we're going to throw it to Justin, but we're all going to kind of debate it once Justin gives us his official prediction. What's the Thunder's final record? And how does this season end? When I say, how does it end? You got three options. Play in, playoff, lottery. So what's the final record? And how does the season end? I need a reminder of what their record is now. And I'm looking it up. 26 and 27, 27, 28, yeah. 28 and 29, 28, so close. 29. Uh-huh. So close. 28 and 29 with 25 games left. I mean, it feels real hard not to just keep that trajectory and have them at something like 40 and 42. Or 41 and 41. That felt too easy. <laughs> but like, I, I think it, 
they've been so consistent this year for mm-hmm. better and for worse of just kind of like where they're at. If they end 40 and 42, I hope with every <laughs> atom in my body that at some point they cross 500. <laughs> I was about to say 40 and 42 seems like it's it because this team is allergic to getting yes, to 500. Yes. Right. Like yeah. if they, if the they the most thunder thing they could do this season is lose to Utah this coming Thursday and then beat the Suns on ESPN yes. in the KD debut. Totally. And still not be at 500. <laughs> totally. Oh my god. I, I would say I'm going to I'm going to stick with 40 and 42. I'm going to say they're going to have a, a lovely like three days at 500 at some point in the next 25 games. Um, and then I think, I think this season ends in the play in. I think, I think 40 wins gets you in the play in. Okay. So by saying it ends in the play in just to make sure it ends in the play in, meaning they do not make it into the playoffs. They do not win their playoff game or games. Correct. Okay. Is that the most disappointing outcome? Mm, or is the most no. di- disappointing outcome making the playoffs getting swept and not having a lottery pick? <laughs> that would be bad. I, I I think that would be much worse is, yeah, winning the play-in, like doing what the, the Pelicans did. And like, woohoo, that was fun. And then it's just abysmal after that. Um, I think second worst is probably missing the play in by a half game or something. And it's like, mm, you maybe should have just lost a few more. <laughs> so I think like you take the play in cause it's fun. It's a nice, like little treat, but I think you kind of hope they don't win it. Um, but then if you're, are you, if are you're, you telling us at the play in game, I'm you're going to be cheering for an L them. Absolutely not. <laughs> Big picture hat. It'll be like that nine at McGuire's last year. Small picture hat. McNelly's. Yeah. Yeah. Small picture hat. No, you're painting your chest and you're going nuts. (laughs) But I'm saying like the buzzer sounds, they lose by one. You give them a standing O and then you start looking ahead to the draft versus if they win, you go streaking down Robinson. And then you realize (laughs) that like, "Mm, they're probably not beating anybody at the top of the West. (laughs) But what if they did? But what if they did? I mean, could they like go six with Memphis? Oh gosh, I'd be that, that series might turn me into the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. they could go six, or they could lose by seventy. Who's to say? One of the two. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Silva, how do you feel on final record and where they end the season at? It's really tough. I feel like there's only a few. There's a range of wins here if you're looking at it. So do I want to be the pessimist and say like 39, 39 wins? Or do I want to go to like 41? You know what I mean? Feels like we got a range here, though. 39 uh-huh. to 41 ish feels right. I think I'm going to go 39. I think the Thunder are going to run into some teams. They play the Suns four times. Indeed. I don't know if they're going to win any of those. Uh, I think they're going to run into some teams that are just really, really, really desperate to get into the playoffs. And I don't think the Thunder have quite that same desperation. And they're young. They can have random, inefficient nights. Would not be surprised if they got 39 wins. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be enough for the last play-in spot, though. It was last year. It was last year. So if it was, hopefully it is the very last play-in spot. Don't you have to win? You have to win two road games. Uh huh. So maybe best case scenario, well, they win. It, they, it depends. It the, yeah. So seven hosts eight mm-hmm. and nine hosts ten. Yeah. Winner of seven eight is the seven seed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Loser of nine ten is out. Yep. And then the loser of seven eight hosts the winner of nine ten. Yep. So if you make the seven eight, it's like a mini bracket. Yeah. Yeah. And so if, if you are in the seven or eight seed, one win and you're in. If you're anywhere else, if you're the eighth seed, you have to win one out of two. And if you're the ninth or tenth, you got to win two in a row. That's a blast. I would love to. So here's my best case scenario. They get the 10, they get the 10 seed against the Lakers as the nine seed. They beat the Lakers and eliminate them from the playoffs. They then move to play the Timberwolves 
who lost their 8-7 matchup. They lose to the Timberwolves. Hello, lottery pick. Wow. Yours is almost correct. The <laughs> only way you got to change that is the Thunder or the 9 seed. And yes, to the Lakers. you read my mind. That, yes. And the thought of losing to the Timberwolves makes me nauseous. Yeah, but I was trying to think of what that. team that would like actually be in that range. That you know, that's amazing. More fanfic. Yes. It's the or <laughs> or they make it they make it into the playoffs. They grind out two gutsy wins against the one seed, and they lose off a heartbreaker tip in from Palgasol. Uh, <laughs> Wait. All right. Another moment um, like that would be fantastic, but that's for the next season. That was to, so fun. It was. To keep going down this rabbit hole of how does the season play out these final 25 games uh typically we decide this pre-pod but i'm just pulling this straight out of my butt live on the show hey yo 25 games do you guys want to go through like justin takes five silva takes the next five i take the next five and we predict the next 25 to see where they end oh oh yeah you and i did this and i forget didn't we get 500 Uh uh-huh you and i did this Justin, you get the first five. Are you ready? Mm, yes. You just gotta. You, we're not debating them. You're just churning out, either saying W Crystal or ball. L. Okay. Churn it out. Okay. We've got. Uh, here, here's your first five at yes. Jazz. Win. Uh, so, if you want to keep count of these, yeah, let me just do it down here. Thank you for top. saying that now and not in like 15 games. <laughs> Jazz win at Suns. Loss. Home against the Kings. Loss. Home against the Kings again. Win. Home against the Lakers. Loss. Two and three. Silva, it is your turn. You ready? I think so. I've got I've got the count going as well. Wonderful. Taylor's gonna come back just in time as well. <laughs> Silva, home against the Jazz. Win. Home against the Jazz again. Loss. Uh home against the dubs. Loss. Um, second night of a back-to-back away at the Suns. Mm, loss. And then your last one uh, away against the Pelicans. Will Will the Thunder win any games against the Pelicans this year? Let me give them a win. Okay, so that's two and three. <laughs> Just a bad matchup. Taylor, you ready? You're coming in blind. Ready. Ready okay. for my predictions. Away against the Spurs. Ooh, I'm gonna say win. You better say win, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> home against home against the Nets. Win. They're really uh, good at home. Away against the Raptors. L. Home against the Phoenix Suns. Ooh. Give me the W. Let's get crazy. Ooh. Ooh. Away against the Clippers. L. Three and two. Justin, away against the Clippers again. L. Second night of a back-to-back, same arena against the Lakers. Win. <laughs> away against the Portland Trailblazers. Win. Uh, home against the Charlotte Hornets. Win. Home against the uh, Detroit Pistons. Win. Wow. Four and one. You like that. Got a good one there. Silva, you get to finish us off. You ready? Yeah. I love it when Silva finishes me off. Oh my God. Will it be a happy ending or a sad ending? <laughs> Silva, away against the Pacers. Win. Home against the Suns. Loss. Away against the Dubs. Loss. They own us. Away against the Jazz. Loss. Silva's chosen two losses against what? the Utah Jazz. You're a monster. I agree. If I'm covering those games, that's an L. <laughs> final home game, final game of the season against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's in Paycom. W. Two and three. See you later, Memphis. Let me do some quick maths here. It's two, four, six, ten. Silva's got, or we got them going 13 and 12. It's too perfect. It is. 41 and 41. Yeah, it is. Yep. 500 on the nose. That means it ain't happening. Better chalk in a third jazz loss. <laughs> they lose three times to the jazz. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, even though we just did it, we're going to do it again. 
because I want predictions for real this predictions week. this time. Yeah, I want I want real predictions for this week. Uh, first game is against the Utah Jazz Thursday night. Maybe Shea won't even leave Utah. Maybe he just spends a whole ass week there. I've honestly been wondering that. Like so, so have I. Dub, what it they? is very pretty there. Do you guys point? Um, first game against Utah, they have traded away like their entire team uh, through rotation players, to be specific. Uh, they are four and six in their last ten. Justin, what happens Thursday night? Win. I like it. Taylor. Also going win. J Dub or J J Dub J D Silva. <laughs> J Dub Silva. Let me say a win, even though I think I may have just picked them to lose two games against the Jazz. This is the win, though. I'm going win as well. Uh, the thing that worries me the most, not the All Star Laurie Markkinen. Not Colin Sexton, not the the hot shooter Jordan Clarkson, who was out there like walking through the skills challenge. By the way, yeah, not dry. Walker Kessler, <laughs> I know he's better massive. than Rudy Gobert. That is one of my the white Rudy Gobert on a draft prospect. In a as long much as time. I hate Rudy Gobert, I love it. <laughs> second game of the week is the second night of a back to back. Been flexed to ESPN. Hey yo. We have the Thunder at the Phoenix Suns. We assume Kevin Durant will be playing. The Phoenix Suns will probably be healthy. Justin, what happens? Loss. Taylor, what happens? I could totally see us losing that first game. Going back on my my Jazz prediction and then winning this one, but uh, I've got to go with the loss. I can have a back-to-back. KD back. That's tough. Give me the L. JD? Loss. Cowards, give me the W. You're crazy. <laughs> you know what? Don't just give me the W. Phoenix Suns are playing Darius Baisley late in the fourth quarter because oh mama. Will that be his first playing time? Is that yes. a sounder? Just I was gonna say <laughs> that Monty went like seven, eight deep on the bench the other night, and Bays didn't even touch the floor. Monty's not the only one going seven or eight deep. <laughs> 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 Sunday, the Thunder returned to Paycom to play the first of two games against the Sacramento Kings. The last time these two played was in Sacktown. Close one. Very competitive game. Thunder ended up losing. Isn't that Milwaukee? Yeah. Sacktown. Justin, what happens in Paycom against the Kings? I think the Thunder win. I think they win. They're great at home. They're going to come back after this road trip. A loss on national TV. They're gonna kick the Suns and or the wow, the Kings in Sacktown. Kick the Kings, <laughs> kick the Kings in Sacktown. Taylor, hate getting kicked in the uh, Sacktown. Uh, I'm also going with the W here, especially like I said, Thunder at home, and I think we'll be pretty fired up after that road trip, depending on how things go on national television on TNT. It's the Suns, so give me the win. Silva. I think Keegan Murray will not go for 37 again or however many he scored last time. So give me the dub. Um, My sack is more like a sack city than a sack town. <coughs> <laughs> give me three and oh for the week, baby. Oh my gosh. My preference is to be taxidermied when I die. Uh, let's take a quick break here from the sponsors for the week. On the other side, we will go around the association. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back from the break. So we'll play that sounder. I don't even know where you're sitting at. I don't know if you guys saw over All-Star Break, but Adam Silver debuted this new technology that the league will be using where you can like do a scan of your body, which sounds kind of weird. I wonder what the league wants with a scan of my body. How detailed. <laughs> Peak athlete. I wonder if you can... <laughs> Let me finish, and then I'll tell you why I'm laughing so hard. You scan your body. And Go then on. you can watch a game on the NBA app or watch clips on the NBA app. And you can click on a player and it gives you a list of avatars and you can change it to be yourself. And so they had, uh, was it Ahmad Rashad yes. do this live while they were there? And they put his body on Taylor Horton Tucker, of all people. <laughs> and so it looked like Ahmad in the fast break dunking when it, when it was a THT highlight. So while I was laughing so hard, if, if I scan myself just butt-ass naked, <laughs> can I watch clips of my naked body running down the court shooting jumpers? <laughs> Surely not. Surely not. <laughs> Someone who listens to the pod, try it out and report back to us. A new yeah. insert. We're going streaking. Dude, uh, Jacob Niffin as Ja Morant, like dunking right on top of somebody. <laughs> I wonder if I need to jump to, you know, get the... Anatomy correct? I don't know. Um, is this going to be real, or is this like a couple years ago at All-Star? Doesn't sound when they, real. When they unveiled the jersey that could change what jersey it was, and like, where is that? I'm still I don't waiting. Remember Adam. that? You don't? Yeah, it was, was the crazy. same thing. It was like at All-Star. All George's. Like, oh my god! Changed. Look at this jersey. You push a button and you can change teams, just like Kevin Durant. <laughs> and then nothing. It's like five years later, <laughs> nothing. But it looks uh, cool. Uh, so <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to have a bet of somebody having to make a naked clip of themselves with this, uh, you get banned with this payoff app. <laughs> I'm going to get an email on my NBA ID from Adam Silver that <laughs> you've been suspended. It's just from you know, it's just Adam Silver and it just says SMH. <laughs> it's it's Taylor's favorite side eye emoji like three times. <laughs> All right. So the, the question is, if you could transpose your body onto a player for a, like a highlight from this season and it can't be a Thunder play. So you can't be Shea hitting the game winner against the Wizards or against the Nuggets or against the Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be J-Dub um, just detonating on um, Alperin Shingun, which is on the on, on my bucket list to just dunk all over Alperin Shingun. What, which <laughs> highlight, what, which play do you want to be in on? Which play do you want a video of your face making the play? So I'm going to cheat a little bit here and say not a play, but a game. Boo. I would love to project myself onto Donovan Mitchell's 71-point masterpiece on January 2nd against the Chicago Bulls. Can you imagine scoring 71 points in a game? In an NBA game against elite competition? I mean, it takes Silva like elite, four but... to five hours to score 71 in an empty gym. <laughs> it's true. Aww. It's true. I don't even know if I could score 71 in an empty gym. <laughs> you just I, quit. I <laughs> I'm tired. I'm going to have the showers. <laughs> While you're in the say, showers, take that 3D scan. I, <laughs> I'm gonna say the um the Luca montage to beat the Knicks. Oh, that's a good that would be, one. but I don't want to be Luca, I want to be one of the Knicks. <laughs> Put me in there just like witnessing, like trying to trying to stop him and failing. I think that's more fitting. I think Meek Leak has the winning answer here. <laughs> Put yourself on Ron Artest and Malice at the Palace. You did say this season. This season. So yes, maybe, yes. Um, uh, yeah, one of the ones. The, the recent no, put, one put me Mo on Bamba. Mo Bamba. 
just <laughs> trying to fade Austin Rivers. Uh, yes, that's a great choice. That's we can, and then we can put Silva on Jalen Suggs coming out of nowhere with the tackle. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah, what do you got? I have two. Neither okay. are fit the criteria of our question. First, glad one, we're following directions. <laughs> yeah, first one. Could I be all right, Shannon, Nick? Could I put my body onto Shannon Sharp? For that Dylan Brooks altercation. <laughs> a lot of Clyde involved there. Number yes. two, can I rewind time to like the early 2000s and be Manu Ginobili whenever he smacked the shit out of that bat in the arena? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Is this 100%. How you this question would go, Jacob? Not at all. <laughs> We're talking about transposing our naked bodies onto an NBA court, <laughs> slapping bats. Are you clothed or not clothed when you're slapping the bat? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no comment. <laughs> also, I prefer to just project my you face, all... <laughs> not my whole body. <laughs> oh, be, being a naked Shannon Sharp in that, in that altercation. <sighs> no, but you gotta have the sweater on. The sweater is an iconic part of that altercation. Dude, that sweater was like three grand. Yes, it was. The sweater is like my monthly salary. <laughs> I don't know if that's more about the the sweater or the public education system in Oklahoma, but yikes! Uh, I don't know which one I would want to be on. There's a lot of really fun ones this year. Um, uh, you guys, any John Morant dunk would be fun. Oh yeah, who um, did he dunk on? Jalen Smith of Indiana. Is that who he had the dunk of the year on? That sounds right. Or an Ant Edwards dunk. I think he yeah, dunked any, on Purtle also. Yeah, any of those would be fun. Um, I don't know. Just put me on Kyrie Irving in a press conference. <laughs> I'd like to be the, the guy trying to stop a Giannis fast break, but I need it not from like NBA highlight perspective. I need like first person VR perspective <laughs> just to know. I just need to know what that looks like. I bet it's frightening. Terrifying. I'm sure. It's like almost like taking a charge against Zion. Just being miserable. We're taking a charge from random people in the Paycom Center concourse. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Should we do that at Paycom or should we do that at Summer League? Oh, Paycom. Okay. I'm getting arrested. Either okay. way. 100%. Jacob needs, or Silva needs the risk of doing this in front of like friends, family, and coworkers. Yes. I'm going to film Summer it. League's a bunch of strangers. Uh, and Taylor has to be there in, like, in, a, in, a, in a ref shirt and like call the charges every time. Yeah. Silva's going to be so mad at me. I'm like, well, nope, block, feet removing. It's a block. <laughs> And we're also gonna have to like get Man, some congratulations. You get this two free hell. throws. We're gonna have to get like Silva holding a bucket of popcorn <laughs> and takes the charge and the popcorn goes everywhere. A drink, like his beer goes flying. My god. Uh, well, I'm dreading mine as well. I have to do with Kamiar, Silva to make you feel like better. You get, hey, you get speaking of bets. Chicken too. True. Oh yeah, I forgot what the rotisserie True. chicken bet hey, was. That's not too bad. I just got to eat one That's on a the treat. That's a reward. It was J-Dub in a redraft going like top eight, and he's been like three. Yeah. yeah. I think that one means of my you worst. need to eat three rotisserie chickens. <laughs> hey, for what it's worth, Justin, well, as of right now, you're getting zero boxes of Tim Tams because I put the over-under at 15 and a half, and I said however many triple-doubles he gets is how many Tim Tams you get to buy. Oh, yeah. So right now you're getting zero Tim Tams, but so am I, so. Mm. Yeah. How many is he at? He doesn't have any this year. None. Well, yeah, crazy. that's why I'm buying you zero Tim Tams. Yeah. He's got to go on a tear these last 25. I'm going to have to buy myself some Tim Tams because Tim Tams. There slack. you go. I kind of want some too. <laughs> Speaking of bets, if I were a listener of this podcast, I would make sure to tune in to Nick's post game Thursday night <laughs> where that man now has to pay off a bet to me. Where he has to use all the lyrics from all uh, the Smash Mouth hit song "All Star" hit song in a podcast. Yes, uh, it's very funny. It is going to be wonderful. I'm so absolutely excited. wonderful. So excited! All right, twenty five games left. It's going to be an awesome stretch run. We're going to be here with you guys every step of the way. So make sure you sub to the YouTube channel, subscribe to your pods wherever you get the podcast at. Silver, are you playing the outro music right now? 
What? Yes. Can you hear it? There we go. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube subs, we've broken the 1K mark. Hey. hey. We can officially monetize Twitter. Shout out to you guys. We have made our first penny. When I look at the channel analytics, it says you have earned $0.01. It's a penny, baby. Oh, yeah. We're stacking the chips. Follow us on any social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Make sure to sub to the YouTube. Also sub to wherever you get your podcast from. Drop that five-star rating. That would mean a ton to us. We've got you covered post-games for these final 25, plus the play-in, plus the playoffs. And then a ton of draft coverage coming your way. We're not going anywhere. You shouldn't either. Enjoy the beginning of your week with no NBA basketball. I don't know how you enjoy that, but find ways. And then we will be back with you guys again, both Thursday and Friday nights. Until then, have a great start of your week. And as always, thunder up. <laughs>